check. It's your boy Denzel. And your boy Charles, live from the Dark Realm. Holy shit. Return from the Shadowverse, the Shadow Realm. Uh, You're not Chet. I'm not Chet. (gasps) I'm way darker than Chet. Oh, shit. Uh, Yeah, so Chet took an impromptu trip to Florida, as it turns out. (laughs) As you do. (laughs) And he's not going to be joining us today. And so uh, it's Charles and I today presenting you with Real Nerd Hours, your favorite slice of life podcast, ostensibly about nerd shit. And uh, yeah, I don't think we ever actually got a real interview with Charles. Uh, yeah, I think when I came on the first time, it was just uh, it was a regular episode. And I just also talked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. All right, so uh, we'll probably try to get to that. We're a little bit short on time today, unfortunately, because you know what? Zaddy's got plans. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So first, I want to shout out everybody on the Patreon. If you're thinking about doing uh, anything with your money, you should probably throw it at our Patreon just because, you know, it helps support the show. We do some bonus content on there. Uh, the past few months, it's been some wild and ass commentaries about uh, all the MCU movies we're going from oh, yeah. number one to Infinity War. Uh, there are 20 films. We just finished number nine. We're doing number 10 this weekend. 11 is next week, and then so on. We're going to try to hit them in consecutive weeks because. Um, that's just way easier or I don't, it's not easier. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but you should just, you know, toss us some money. You get them when the you get them. Yeah. Exclusive content for those of you who do. I'm about to get on the Patreon to listen to all the stuff that I'm not on. Well, I mean, I can just send it to you if you really want to. I'm trying to support the show. Oh, thank you. See, even Charles wants to, he's down to pay. Oh God. That's so weird. I mean, I'm serious though. I can just send you all that stuff <laughs> if you really want it. I want to go ahead and plug a few things. I just started a newsletter. It's called Out Here, Out Dash Here. Info. Get on it. Um, subscribed. Hell yeah. Charles is subscribed, supporting the content. Uh, shout outs to the homeboy Justin, who uh, helped come up with the title for the show. Uh, just by chance, we were chatting and he recommended it and it worked. So, Out Dash Here.info. You know what? The link's going to be in the show notes. Join that. Uh, what did you think of the first issue? Did you get it? I did get the first issue. And, but like it, because it, my email was fucked up for a little bit. Uh-huh, <laughs> so uh-huh. I did get the first issue. I had not had a chance to read it yet because as soon as I got my email sorted out, I fell into this Kingdom Hearts hole. So, oh, fair enough. And we'll get and to we'll that get later to that. in the show. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 dropped on Tuesday. Charles is, of course, a, a fucking huge fan. Yep. As you will hear on the Patreon, we did a night school where he explains too much of the series. Uh, I, based on uh, how this game is going, just enough of the series. <laughs> We're going to find out uh, just based on part of this review. And then he'll come back at some point to discuss the rest of the game. Yeah, once I'm finished, we'll do a spoiler talk later. Yeah, we'll do... Uh, we'll do the 100% speed run. <laughs> uh, yeah. So patreon.com slash real nerd hours for all the Patreon stuff that we've got going on for the show. And, uh, the next issue of my newsletter out here is dropping on February 3rd, uh, this Sunday. So sign up if you want to read it. The archives go up maybe a month later. I'm trying to still figure out when the archives go up, but it's mostly uh, due to the fact that I haven't made a decision. Um, I know the ones with the previous issue with Justin Wang and my piece about Drake went up on the 31st, but I'm not sure if I'm going to do it once monthly or every two weeks. I'm leaning towards once monthly because that seems about uh, when I can get things out. Uh, Check it out if you want. so I want to quickly review a movie before we get to Charles that I watched over the weekend. And it was one of the most surreal fucking experiences that I've had in my life. I watched Baywatch 2017. I saw. I Go the, for it. The tweet. You saw the tweet? I saw the tweet. Okay. I saw my Hulu watch list. I haven't uh, gotten into it yet. <laughs> 
that movie is so fucking weird. It's one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen. Because, like, normally I only see certain types of things appear in anime. Because, like, anime is trash for a lot of reasons. Yeah. And one of the reasons is if you watch something, um, something that in real life has low stakes, mm-hmm. such as volleyball or tennis or... Kakeguri is a good example of this as well. It's kids gambling in mm. middle school or high school or some shit. Yeah, and it's like, nothing. People, not people, I want to say the characters take it so seriously yeah. that like they become, they're not actually characters in the show. What they are is just like, I guess, uh, caricatures yeah. with singular objectives during mm. that show, right? Like, in Kageguri, the main character's objective is to get horny off of gambling every episode, <laughs> and she manages to accomplish that. And like outside of that, it doesn't seem like anybody's really moved by anything else in yeah. anime a lot of the time, especially sports anime. Now, there's a difference between Kageguri and something like, uh, oh God, Kaiji where the stakes are literally his life yeah. because he's gambling and he's gambled too much in his life. And people were like, all right, we're going to kill you mm. if you don't come and do if this. You don't re-up. Yeah. yeah. Like, and Yu-Gi-Oh is another big thing and Pokemon and like this, the stakes are like super ratcheted up for things that are like basically amusements. Yeah. Right. I, well, less so Pokemon than Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh is in the in universe, a card game, but also you will go to hell if you lose. <laughs> Cast into the shadow realm. It's so fucking weird. And Baywatch is that exact thing. But for lifeguards. Exactly. Wild. And, and nobody, it seems, has any objectives in life or like pursuits outside of life, outside of like serving the objective of being a lifeguard. And it's one of the most weirdly off-putting things that I've seen in a very long time. Does it just not feel self-aware at all either? No, it doesn't. Not okay. self-aware of that fact. Okay. Because this is another... I'm glad you asked that question. This is a good transition that I'm ruining right now. Uh, But that's another trend that I'm seeing in a lot of movies, specifically movies done in conjunction with Chinese studios. Now, I don't know if this is a thing, but like going out of their way to make the Americans seem like fucking idiots throughout the entire film. And it goes beyond it being a comedy film because mile 22 did something similar to this in mile 22. Uh, it just portrayed all of the characters as like bloodthirsty idiots. It was really weird. And in this movie, it's just a bunch of lifeguards who really want to be fucking cops that just ignore the law, like period. And it's really weird because Zac Efron is positioned as this guy who's just an asshole, right? He's very into himself. He's got two gold medals from swimming. He threw up in a pool once and like, it's really embarrassing for him or whatever. And he, he's not a team player because one time he got drunk during a relay and threw up in the pool and he's throughout the entire movie not the entire movie but like the first half of the movie he's portrayed as like an asshole and not a team player and most of the conflict comes from him saying like yo why are we investigating this drug cartel when we should be leaving it to the cops we're not cops. We're fucking lifeguards. Mm. And the entire time I was watching that, and any time it would come up, I'd say, like, you know, that man's got a point. That man is absolutely correct. You are lifeguards. There's no reason for you to be investigating this. It makes no sense. Like, even... even if you give the conceit that like somehow being a lieutenant in the lifeguards is supposed to mean something, yeah, it, which I'm sure it doesn't, Oh, you don't have legal authority beyond saving people's lives. Yeah, right. Like you're you're legally safe if like even if you're in a state that doesn't have good Samaritan laws, you're safe if you like give someone life life saving treatment and they get hurt in the process. Like you're fine, but you don't you can't arrest people. Yeah, exactly. that's why they have separate police officers that just go to beaches. Yeah, exactly. They have beach cops and they have lifeguards. And this movie ignores the fact that there's a separation between the two. And granted, it's a comedy movie, so like there are mm. a lot of like ha ha moments in it. But like 
you get the sense of what kind of movie it is right off the bat because within the first like six to eight minutes, I want to say there are five licensed songs. There's some EDM shit that it opens up with and then it immediately rolls into some dubstep shit and then it goes into like Hypnotized by Biggie and then it goes into another EDM track. Like there's a dance battle on the beach or some shit. Okay. And like in the that's in the first eight minutes. There's no talking with, I mean, okay, so there's about 40 seconds in there when there's no music and somebody's talking. That's wild. Yeah, it's That's incredible. really crazy. Yeah, dude. And it's a weird product to look at because like I'm not going to sit here and pretend like movies are art anymore because like there are definitely movies that are art, but this is not one of those movies that's art. This is a product like yeah. for sure. This is we are paying for this through m- advertising money effectively yeah exactly who are the studios who are willing to put up the most money and who can we agree like get their product in order to yeah who who's gonna pay for this vacation effectively for us and there's not really i don't want to say that the actors are bad because they're not really Mm -hmm. like what it is so i will say hands down best actor in the movie is hannibal burris I believe it easily because he's just he it's not that he plays him in every movie. It's just that he's got a specific delivery that works for him and And he he does that. He's effective as a straight man all the time, but he can also do that. Like, you know, the Eric Andre shows a great example of him. He can do like that off the wall shit, too. But uh, a big part of it is his delivery and he can bring that to different kinds of characters yes exactly exactly second best actor in that movie would probably be his friend ronnie or even the city councilman the guy from the office i can't remember his name unfortunately the dude that's in the state farm commercials with chris paul he plays a councilman and beyond that like everybody else is either like towing the line of like seriously fucking awful acting or they're just like kind of there or they are bad at acting yeah like priyanka chopra fucking awful actress like (laughs) awful every time she was in a scene like i i had a hard time believing her like (laughs) like she she just wandered onto set yeah right like she's she's a good looking lady so it makes sense as to why she would yeah exactly right you have a bunch of sexy people in it she was the worst actress in it like period even the henchmen were better than her and they didn't have to really act all that much though Uh, the movie is fucking weird i don't think the rock is a good actor at all i also Um, don't think the rock is a good actor he's just very charming he's fun to watch on social he's a big personality and that comes from his background in wrestling and uh, I th- he's just carrying that charisma everywhere because I never feel like I'm watching The Rock as a character. I feel like this is The Rock in this situation. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It's so the movie ultimately like I can't recommend anybody watch it. I'm definitely I'm, going to watch it still, but I'm now I'm going to get hammered before I do it. Yeah. I mean, it's a spectacle. It's, it's something that you should watch if you want to see like an exercise in like the very strangest acting ever. It's fucking weird. It's, it's a weird movie uh, put on by uh, Chinese production studios as well mm. as like a couple American ones. Yeah. And the script is awful. It doesn't make any sense. Like if you wanted to write a story about how lifeguards could interact with police officers and bring down a drug cartel in a legal way, you could do that. Yeah. But this movie seems like it's going out of its way to make it seem like uh, – the lifeguards can also be cops and I'm going to spoil something in here for no one cares about spoilers for Baywatch. (laughs) Good. Excellent. Uh, the rock as a result of trying to play a cop gets fucking fired from his job. And like at the end of the movie, he gets his job back. Of course he does. It turns out the chief of police was dirty. So it's just like this still, no, he should still be fired. (laughs) Definitely was going beyond the reaches of his job. Absolutely. Even if the person who recommended or directly fired him was not doing what they're supposed to be doing. That's objectively uh, him not doing his duty <laughs> exactly and exceeding his authority anyone should be fired for that exactly the problem part of the issue is also that uh 
they the flimsy excuse they use is like two people died on the beach while you weren't at the lifeguard stand and one of them is Hannibal Burris and the other one is the city council person and I was just like the f- hold on so the city council person was offshore like five miles and like you're blaming the death of that person the boat caught fire well <laughs> he was already dead but the boat caught fire he was on a boat uh the city councilman so the lifeguards aren't responsible for him no it's the coast guard it's the coast guard yeah. but he's blamed for that guy's death or he's he's that's the, responsibility that's the, is cast upon yeah. him for it it's uh, you should have been there man you should have been there. Why weren't you there? And it's like, fuck. And so it's not, not only is it just not written well, it's also like, no, that's just it. It's just not written well. Yeah. It's not written well at all. Uh, it seems like maybe I don't want to get on my shit again because like I've definitely, uh, written a script before that was fucking terrible. I feel like this is a script that I could write. Like it, or it's at least as bad as something I could write. Yeah, someone and, who d- is, does not work in the industry. Yeah, because it seems like an exercise from like uh, like a film school. Yeah, right? it's just it's not impressive. It's not good. But yeah, I mean, I will say that like most of the people in the movie are like super sexy, and that's the whole point, right? Running in slow motion. On that was the, the point of the show. Big ass titties. Oh my god! Because yeah. the, the drama on the original show was uh, very weak as well. <laughs> Not a whole lot. <laughs> I caught a lot of Baywatch reruns as a youth, and uh, not a whole lot happens. It's mostly interpersonal drama that just happens to take place around a beach. Uh-huh. The fact that they're lifeguards is not important to most of the show. Good. That's good. I can't wait for the sequel. I know they're going to do one. Yeah. Because well, those, oh, God, the actresses on that show are so fucking hot. They got, well, like, ridiculous titties, too. Well, for sure, get the rock as probably like in the first like 10 15 minutes of a Baywatch 2 in fucking 2021 or some shit <laughs> he'll be in the whole thing that yeah. movie pulled down a lot of fucking money if yeah. i recall correctly it did pretty well it was it did like 500 million i want to say i didn't look i just look at the cash real quick i didn't look at the budget but i'm about to look at the budget so, Baywatch 2017. Fucking uh, oh no, 177 million. It doesn't have the budget listed though. Uh, I'm seeing the budget is uh, six between 65 and 69. Oh, all right. Well, it made its money back. Which, if you can at least double your money, you're in pretty good shape. Oh, there it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, I mean, 177 is not bad. They almost tripled it. Yeah. So, I mean. Damn, good money anyway. 177 is pretty good. He, oh, it was Rampage that made almost half a billion dollars. Yeah, Rampage did. Because monster movies fucking sell. People yeah. like watching monsters. Yeah, yeah, they do. I feel like if, like, like Pacific Rim Uprising didn't do super well. And that's because that movie fucking sucked. Yeah, it was real bad. Uh, like, and I was, I was a big fan of the first one. Real disappointed by how bad. Because the first one's not great no no it's, it's fun it's fun and the second one wasn't fun either no it wasn't like i watched i watched it like alone i just like i happened to have it and i was like all right i had it i had some like a morning off or some shit and i was like well, let me watch through pacific you know watch i like john boyega let me see what's up and uh even like his performance in that movie is not great <laughs> No, no one's doing a good job in that movie and it doesn't seem like anybody cares. No, it doesn't. See, this is this is another thing that I think is like big in Hollywood, like Baywatch for instance. I'm sure that movie took like a month and a half to film. Probably. And they were probably yeah, just a movie like chilling. that where like they don't really need to like it much if any like post-production where it's just, all the post-production is just editing. So it's just like, hey, let's hang out for like a month and a half, two months. In like Florida or yeah. Hawaii or wherever the fuck it was filmed. Knock out the stuff that was scripted, maybe improvise a few scenes poorly, and then uh, let the editors handle the rest. And then it's out, you know, the following summer. Yeah. Yeah. Goddamn. That must be the fucking life. One day I'll find out Yeah, about like that. people give Adam Sandler a lot of shit. But, like, the dude had a real successful career for, like, 10 years and then was like, I'm going to leverage this so I can just live super comfortably forever. And was just like, I'm going to go on vacations with my friends 
every other year and then put out a movie that's guaranteed to make $200 million. Yeah. Like, that, that is his average for the last, like, 10 years is about $200 million, which is great because his movies don't cost anything to make. Yep. They cost, like, fucking two or three million. Yeah. Oh, like no, he's they not, probably cost about $20 million to yeah, make. Yeah, he's, he's not breaking 70, you know? Like No, at, not at all. Because he's not doing, like, big special effects heavy stuff. He's doing small, char- weird character stuff. And he's, especially, like, with his Netflix deal that he's got, he's not fucking, he's having a great time. And he's comfortable yes absolutely so it's like people are watching bad movies and television yes so no matter how you feel about it people are watching it and enjoying it enough to spend money on it yes so end of the day you kind of have to respect that level of the hustle for a little bit like yeah like i get it i get like i understand it because I would do the same shit. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? If I was The Rock, he puts out like two movies a year or something. Yeah. He's doing like, I, was, I think I was talking to, I said, told somebody, he's like, art, like the current generation Sam Jackson. Because Sam Jackson was in like a movie, at least one or two movies a year. Yeah. For like from like 90 to <laughs> basically now. He's, that nigga's still in a lot of movies. And. The Rock is doing the same shit. He's in at least one movie a year, and he's just hammering them out. Yeah, like and they're not good. They don't have to be. No, exactly. And say, what was that movie? Skyscraper. That was another one for the Chinese market. And Skyscraper too. did terribly everywhere but China. China. Yep, yep. That movie was awful. All right, so let's get into Kingdom Hearts Hell yeah, three. Let's get into Kingdom Hearts three. Tell me, tell me, is it good? Do you yes. like it? So here's two things about because and I what I I tried to go into it, not just as a big fan of the franchise. Well, like when I when I fired it up and I waited fucking 25 minutes for the day one patch to download. Oh, God, because fuck physical media, I guess. Um, <laughs> uh, I was trying to go into it like, all right, let me look at this because it's been 15 years. They skipped a whole like. They skipped a whole console generation. If you don't include remasters, they skipped from like the highest level of performance they had was on the 3DS. And even that was a couple years ago. And uh, I was like, let me see if they like actually stepped this up. Because from playing, uh, I bought 2.8 fucking two years ago now. <laughs> and so uh, that's just Dream Drop Distance, the remaster. The 3DS, it's a port from the 3DS. And then point two, a fragmentary passage, which is like one of the secret endings from Birth by Sleep on the PSP, but like playable and longer. And by longer, I mean like it's four hours. It's a very short campaign. But it's effectively a tech demo for what they're doing in Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, Visually, it looks way better than I even expected it to from like seeing the trailers and stuff. It just... The pre-rendered stuff is all in-engine, so it transitions right from cutscenes into gameplay pretty seamlessly. Uh, The combat is the best the series has ever seen. Like, just think of anything frustrating from any of the games if you played through them, and uh, take, like, the shitty parts out and only keep the stuff that's good, and that's what Kingdom Hearts 3's combat is like. It's very fluid, and I did have to look one thing up because it doesn't tell you how to do it. There's uh, situation commands that are mapped to the uh, triangle or Y button, depending on which console you're playing it on. And they're from Birth by Sleep. And in Birth by Sleep, you could switch between them. And you can in, P- in uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 as well, but they don't tell you how to. It's just like, because they'll stack. You'll have like, okay, your keyblade can transform. So that's one situation command. Uh, there are uh, special attacks you can do based on different Disney rides. That's one command. And then there's like team attacks between people in your party. And so you can, there are a lot of situations where you'll have three or four up at once. And for the first like three hours of the game, I was just like, do I just have to do these in order? Like, can I, I, would, I just want to get to that one without having to. Uh, and it turns out you can. You just press the. Uh, you just press L2 to scroll through them. I'm playing on PS4. It's probably the uh, left bumper. 
on Xbox One. It's real weird they got released on Xbox One, but they didn't release the story so far. Weird decision to make, because if you have never owned a PlayStation, uh, if you don't own a PS4, you can't play all of the games unless you have a PlayStation 2 and a Game Boy Advance and a DS and a 3DS and a PSP. You have to have five different game systems to play through all the games if you don't own a PS4. If you do own a PS4, you can just buy the story so far, which has every game and then the uh, just the cutscenes for recoded 358 over two days and... Uh, back cover which was never a game it's just a movie and it's still not good listen to uh <laughs> listen to the uh kingdom Hearts series we did on the patreon if you want to hear how bad it is um but i'll also say that if you've never played a kingdom hearts game before or if you haven't been keeping up uh don't start with kingdom hearts 3 because it just throws you in if you've not been following this series or you haven't found like a youtube video or a podcast that's recapping all of it you will not know what's going on. They do not ease you into it at all. It is out the gate. Here's what's going on at this point in time in the story. And if you don't know what's going on before this, fuck off. This is not for you. Oh, jeez. So, like, there are a bunch of people. That's why, like, it was, it was weird that it got released on Xbox One, but they didn't release any of the older games on Xbox. Or, like, didn't uh, just uh, do a port of the story so far for Xbox One. Because if you don't know what's going on, you are going to be lost immediately. There's no making sense of that story if you don't already know at least Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, Chain of Memories, and Birth by Sleep. And Dream Dragons. You have to know minimum five out of eight games (laughs) to understand what's happening. And that's not uncommon for sequels. Like, if you're playing a, a gaming franchise and it's all one well, continuous story. to be fair. But this is 15 years later. Yeah, it's fucking bonkers. It's, understandably, it's, this is a franchise that spans 17 years that hasn't released a game in four. So, it's totally reasonable that if you're coming to the, if you're just like, why are so many people talking about this game about to come out? Uh, and you're just like looking into it. And I saw a lot of posts like that in uh, the Kingdom Hearts Reddit that I had to leave because I don't want to get spoiled for anything. And people are on the internet are bad at not posting spoilers. Yeah. I mean, people will just go into random threads and post spoilers. Yeah. So like I, I, anything that's even tangentially Kingdom Hearts related, I just unsubscribed from, and I just like, I'll go back to it after I beat the game. Mm-hmm. But, um, even like YouTube, keeps like because i watched a bunch of kingdom hearts videos over the last month so it keeps recommending videos of people like posting stuff from the game and the game came out as of this recording five days ago uh in japan but also people in different parts of the world were getting their copies early from like amazon and square enix and shit so people were playing the game pretty early there was like some stuff that was only a bit like the epilogue and i think the actual ending was uh only available in the the uh, day one patch for anywhere but Japan. But yeah, spoilers are fucking everywhere. So I've had to like swear off everything. But the game plays really well. It looks really good. And if you're into the franchise, you're going to like it. Like, if you've played any of the Kingdom Hearts game before, even if you've just played the two console ones, if you just played Kingdom Hearts and Kingdom Hearts 2, it's going to be an enjoyable game to play. You're going to need a lot more context for a lot of things, but the gameplay is super fluid and fun. It is, like, the most legitimately fun action RPG I've played in a while. Just in terms of like how easy it is to access stuff and how fluid the combat feels. And there's only been like a handful of things like that I've noticed that have kind of like rubbed me the wrong way. One was that they don't tell you how to switch through reaction the situation commands. There's some like clear like they're probably just like dubbing issues. And I've only noticed it in the Monsters Inc. world. It's probably because those characters are so expressive that like it's very clear it's very easy to tell that they haven't gone they didn't go all the way with making their mouths match the English. 
but like the voice acting is pretty solid. They got as many as the of the uh, voice actors for the uh, from the films as they could, which is like easily seventy percent of the characters in the the uh, Disney worlds are voiced by their actual voice actor, which is super dope. Um, all of the even like. Uh, even like the smaller dialogue is all voiced like dream drop distance had a lot of voiced uh a lot of voice scenes but a handful of them were it was just text for you know probably space reasons it was on a 3ds they weren't gonna they could like put so much but everything is voiced in kingdom hearts 3 um a lot of the mini games like work really well and I think overall, there are a lot, one thing that it, another thing that's really kind of difficult to get through is there are a lot of consecutive cutscenes because you're bouncing around between a lot of like perspectives. And so there will be a point where like you'll finish one objective and then they'll go to a cutscene and then it'll bounce somewhere else and you'll get two or three minutes of cutscene. <laughs> And then you'll get another one or two minute cutscene. So like you're sitting there for like five, six minutes, just not playing the game. And that's frustrating. That is admittedly. That's that's better than 45 minute cutscene, like in fucking, what was it? Metal Gear. Oh yeah. Yeah. um, I think I said it on the, uh, when we did the night school for Kingdom Hearts. Is it Kingdom Hearts is uh, Metal Gear. But for kids, like in terms of how like weird and complex the story can get. Yeah. And just how like over the top, um, like how, not over the top, but how ambitious it is from a game director's point of view. Like Nomura is doing so much with this story and it's, I'm only about uh, 15 hours in. And you've had it for like a day and a half? Yeah, I got it yesterday morning. Uh, I got it Tuesday morning because, again, I got it physical. I I pre-ordered it from GameStop. And um, so I started playing probably around 11. Uh, I I was the second person in the GameStop at 10 (laughs) o'clock. And the guy in front of me was also picking up Kingdom Hearts. And so was the guy behind me. All three of us. <laughs> we were in there at 10.01, <laughs> all picking up Kingdom Hearts. And uh, I went home, put it in the console, let it do the download. The download stopped. I had to, like, pause it and then resume it for it to, like, actually do the update. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so I probably started playing it around 11. And I didn't do anything else until midnight. God damn. And then I slept in this morning. I played for about four hours tonight for earlier today. Okay. And um, it's tying everything together in a way that makes sense. And I was not expecting that. I was genuinely like, they're gonna, there's like, there's too much. There's too much going on that they're not going to be able to tie this together. And they do just out the gate. They're explaining stuff to you without like, like it, there are a lot of cutscenes, but it is being explained to you in a way that like fits the gameplay and like where the story is. So there are, while there are characters who are like just straight up delivering exposition, it's not in such a heavy handed way that it's off putting. Like this is kind of a tangent, but I saw, uh, I saw Aquaman and I really enjoyed Aquaman. Aquaman's real fun to watch, but some of the dialogue is so clunky and expositional. Yes. And it's like, are you just reading like the notes on the script? What is happening? <laughs> like, and I feel bad because I, I like, I feel like Amber Heard is a pretty solid actress, but she's saddled with so much of the exposition in that movie because it's just Mara and Aquaman for like, half of it yeah i mean that movie is like fucking two hours long it's too long for sure they could have just cut out a good portion of that stuff yeah you could easily cut half an hour of uh mara explaining stuff to arthur (laughs) (laughs) like i enjoyed it and i might see it again i don't know i enjoyed it but yeah a lot of that dialogue is super clunky because it's just exposition it's just explaining what the situation is and what the 
lead character doesn't know and also the audience doesn't know because and they chose like skip in origin for the most part like we do see you know how his parents meet and shit yeah but um he's already got his powers and he's been doing stuff so it's not like a pure origin story even though it is effectively how he goes from being like aquaman just like arthur curry just a dude with fish powers to aquaman who's even though he's been operating as aquaman already has like the trident and the quadrant no he's going he had the quindent quindent my bad and justice league and then he finds atlan's trident in the movie okay yeah 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 and he gets the you know the the classic costume which i think looked surprisingly good surprisingly on screen i expect it'll be like either too like too shiny yeah or like i don't know i even though like i saw it in the trailer i did not expect to look as good as it did on screen when i saw it in theaters yeah but anyway kingdom hearts doesn't do that it doesn't spoon feed you exposition it's just like but again, it's like you better know what's going on already so that you know who these characters are and what their motivations are for telling the two main characters what's going on. Yeah. So I'm really enjoying it overall so far. Um, we'll have to do something when I finish it and kind of have this like a spoiler talk about it. But so far, I'm really enjoying the game. I'm mostly enjoying the gameplay. I was like, because point two was fun, but there were some clunky elements to it. And I just finished Dream Drop Distance in anticipation of Kingdom Hearts 3. And there's some good things in that combat system, but most of them are not good. It's very frustrating <laughs> to deal with. And they've really refined. It feels worth it, is what I'll say. That's the last thing I'll say on Kingdom Hearts 3. Is it feels worth it that they like took as much time as they did to do like the final level of this, mm-hmm. of this particular story. Because it's wrapping everything up, even only being 15 hours in, and that's with me only being four worlds in, and like I have to do side stuff. It's just one of it's a thing with me is I always do a bunch of the side missions before I move on, and even still, there's a lot that I can tell. Like a lot of threads are being you know are being tied together, and it's it seems like it's going to. At, this point it does look like it's going to wrap up in a way that's satisfactory i don't know if it's going to be like holy shit this is amazing but it's at least going to be like okay everything they established up to this point has had a purpose and is going to be resolved by the end of this i can see this going to be resolved that's good to hear because all that story i heard on the night schools that we did it just seemed so fucking random it's fucking bananas and i don't know uh how but they're doing it. I don't know how it happened, <laughs> but it's coming together. I did um, listen to a, I listened to a lot of like recap podcasts um, and like watch a lot of YouTube videos and stuff. But there's a, this podcast got it memorized um, that has been recapping the entire series uh, just week to week. They started at one point or like, if we start at this point, we can get, through all of the games before Kingdom Hearts 3 came, comes out. And they did. Because they started before there was a release date. But uh, they managed to finish anyway. And so on the release date, on this past Tuesday, they released an episode that was like almost two hours long, but it went in chronological order. And in chronological order, it makes way more sense. But they also uh, wrote like they like they actually wrote a a rubric for how they read it unlike the night school where it was just me chet and lonnie just like getting drunk and yelling about how weird this is. we did it in chronological order as well but it took us about three and a half hours to get through it fair enough but um with kind of that recap fresh as i picked like when i picked up the game it's everything's flowing really well and it's like surprising, but they're doing it. So I'm looking forward to finishing it. So I have a guess for the story. Uh, turns out Sora was Satan the whole time. <laughs> oh, I can't. And Xehanort, uh, was devil man. I don't even know if that would work. That's not far. <laughs> uh, and especially with dream dot dream dot distance. It's not far. Sora has to kill 
Xehanort, uh, so uh he doesn't ah, fuck it i don't even remember the story to devil man anymore now i gotta watch it again so I you met, do that bit more <laughs> yeah exactly uh, the only reason why i remembered the story from it was because i kept doing the bit but i will have to rewatch it i met a woman who uh works at this brewery that i go to often mm. and she was talking to me she confesses to me denzel have you ever heard of uh crybaby devil man <laughs> and i was just like oh you mean devil man crybaby she's like yeah my boyfriend's obsessed with it. And I was just like, oh, no. No, that's no good. Get him out now. Yeah, she was not pleased. She was like, anime is so weird. It's basically like a porno. I don't know what I'm watching. <laughs> I was like, you poor woman. You poor woman. You should leave him. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, any more words on? Uh... No, not right now. Not until I finish it. Okay, cool. It's worth it. Thank you for for your in-depth review or your starter review. Preliminary review. Yeah. This is good good first impressions review. I'll come back for a uh, a full and a full length one once I've done the game and Yeah, for probably sure. Probably play through it a second time honestly cuz I'll probably speed run it the second time. <laughs> uh so we're going to get into the top 5 comics with uh Charles. Charles uh if you don't know at home, big comic book nerd. Yep. Uh one of the things that we bonded over in college was what Green lantern first flight uh, uh rebirth like rebirth green yeah. lantern rebirth first flight was that movie yes okay it's not good it no, does not, not hold up i enjoyed it when it came out <laughs> but i have all the dc animated movies and like i'll i just like pop in watch one real quick a lot of them from uh more than five or six years ago not good they're all right uh, one that came out recently, like uh, Gothic Batman, where it's Victorian era Batman. Yeah, that shit was trash. That was real bad. Yeah, I like Gotham by Gaslight. Yes. I like because I didn't really enjoy the comic. I wouldn't have either. The I don't know. It, the context was weird, and like having the whole Jack the Ripper thing. It's it was whatever. I was like, this is fine. And then the, they announced that they were going to make it a movie, and I was like. Okay, that's whatever. It seems like they're reaching for things. Well, like, there's a 50-50 chance that with the, like, DC animated movies, that they're not going to be good. Yeah. Because, like, the animation is okay. It's shaky most of the time. Yeah, it's mostly shaky. Because, like, it's... I don't know. I don't know what they're doing, like, what Warner Brothers animation situation is. Because, like, I watched uh, The Judas Contract last year. Uh I watched uh, the death of Superman. Like the death of Superman overall, pretty solid. There are some scenes in it that are, eh. <laughs> but it's like young justice, just seasons one and two. I haven't watched season three. Cause I'm going to wait till it's done and either torn all of it at once or just pay for a month of <laughs> DC universe and watch everything that I want to watch. But um, young justice looks leaps and bounds better than most of the DC movies that have been released in the last, like a lot of the movies, like the face, the facial animation is special. Like it's like they put the mouths on after they record. <laughs> like it looks <laughs> a lot of times, like the, the talking looks bad. And like some of the act, like only the action scenes ever look good in a lot of these DC movies. Yeah. Like because that's where the money goes, right? If the yeah. action looks like shit, nobody wants to watch. Yeah. Them. Just fair. But it's like, Come Could on. you imagine watching a shittily, shittily animated DC movie? Like if, uh, if fucking Batman versus Robin just like had terrible sword fighting, or like it would, because the the story's not good. No, <laughs> so it's not. If the action also looked really bad, and I still, I think it took me like two attempts to watch all of like Batman Bad Blood. Like a lot, of, like they're. I don't know if they're putting out too many or if they're just like they don't know who they're for. Because yeah, nobody. Batman Inc. Uh, hold on, that Bad Blood would have had to have been a spinoff of Batman Inc. Right? Because I mean, for it to work well, it, yeah, it's like it would be Batman Inc. and then Death of the Family. Yeah, put together. Uh, because there's like infighting involved in yeah, Batman there's infighting and like Dick is Batman for a little bit of it, but yeah. also like Kate Kane is there as Batwoman, and uh, they skip over uh, Batwing and all. David that. is Batwing. It's yeah. just Luke. Uh, it's just Luke. Um, 
What Fox. is Luke Fox? There we yes. go. Uh, like his father, Rick Fox, famous comedian. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, like every other DC animated movie that gets released is not good. No, which is like wow, like Justice League War, I enjoy, but it has like that like bad face animation every now and then. Yeah. But, but anyway, um, let's move past the movies. Yeah. Let's get into your top five. So, top five. Uh, these aren't in... These are mostly in order. Um, so, I'm going to go with my number five. So, yeah, my number five is uh, Green Lantern Mosaic. Uh, Green Lantern Mosaic is a series from the 80s. It's um, focused around Jon Stewart. There was a six-issue miniseries where one of the Guardians uh, like nuts. lost his shit and takes parts from a bunch of different worlds, uh, a bunch of different planets, and makes it into one mosaic world. And John is assigned to, at this point, he's left his post uh, as the Green Lantern of Earth. He is kind of working He's not tied to Earth. He's still Green Lantern, but he's not tied to Earth the way Hal and uh, Guy and Kyle are. Um, Kyle did not exist at this point. I think it was just, I think Kyle, or Guy was wearing his weapon as of cord ring. He, like he was wearing a yellow ring that he got from Sinestro's dead body, quote unquote dead body. And um, <laughs> it was just, this is also the point though, where um, each, each sector only had one Green Lantern. But Guy or John and Hal both had their rings, so Hal was assigned to Earth, and John was just like doing stuff, just kind of around the galaxy or around the universe. And so he gets assigned to figure the situation out. Uh, Api Aliapsa, the guardian who lost his shit, um, is like beyond saving, effectively, and so John has to like figure out what's going on, like how all these worlds got put together and then take out the guardian who did it. And then there was a follow-up series called green lantern was also called green lantern mosaic. Um, I think it was John Stewart knows. Yeah, it was John Stewart mosaic and it's, I think only like 10 issues, but it's really good. Like it's cause earth is one of the planets that has a section of it taken. I can't remember the city, but, um, it's John who at the end of the mosaic miniseries is elevated to effectively guardian status. He's the first mortal guardian of the universe and his domain is this mosaic world. And he's just, it's his job to solve the problems of all of these different races from various parts of the universe being put together and having to coexist. He does it really well. Um, so it's definitely worth the read if you can find it. Uh, the editors at DC at the time didn't like it. So it got canceled before it hit 12 issues. It never really got, it got resolved, but like they had to like really cram it into those last, like I think eight, nine and 10. It's like everything they wanted to do had to kind of get wrapped up and it's not been collected. You cannot find trades of it. You've got to find individual issues. It took me like seven, eight months of going to different comic shops for between here and uh, Orange County, just bouncing around trying to find all of them. So you can find them. You can probably find them on like eBay or something. Um, but it's worth reading if you can get your hands on them. Hell yeah. Uh, number four, I'm going to go The Flash Rebirth. Uh, it was written by Jeff Johns. Oh, you DC fanboy cuck. Soy there, fuck. There are two Marvel ones on here. Uh-huh. Uh, why, do you, why do you hate marvel so much <laughs> i feel like there's i'm just kidding my actual answer is i feel like they're a slave to their own continuity um yeah reboots are kind of like played out but at least you can kind of free yourself from some stuff like the fact that uh magneto is still around in 2018 or 2019 now and but is still canonically a, a holocaust survivor it's kind of dicey. He's been DH twice. I almost I was going to put this in the Discord the other day. I was like, how do we keep Magneto relevant, or should he just go away? Because he's a he's a fucking Auschwitz survivor, but none of like 
there are a handful of them still alive now. But it's like, how do you keep... Does Magneto still work as a character if being a Jewish Holocaust survivor and mutant is taken out of his... Does he still work? Do we still Ooh, give a shit? No. The answer to that is no. Yeah, that's right. I mean, he's a good reference point, right? Like, as a pillar in history. Yeah. Like, this is this is this dude, right? Yeah. Like, this is somebody who's an important figure. But as far as being an active person in the community, the longer he lives, like, the more, uh, as weird as it may sound, disconnected from his past it, he seems to become. Yeah, and, and even more disconnected from the culture that he exists in. Yeah. He's, he's like, whatever. That's a different discussion. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so, um, the flash rebirth written by Jeff Johns, but, uh, drawn by Ivan Reyes, one of my favorite artists that DC has got over there. They, uh, it, it's a story that brings Barry Allen back to uh, continuity after he died in, uh, Christ on infinite earths back in the eighties. But it does it in a way that's just as effective as Green Lantern Rebirth, which was also on almost on this list. But I feel like if I was going to bring up a Green Lantern run, it would be just Jeff Johns' whole fucking run on Green Lantern. <laughs> and that's not... It's too much. So Flash Rebirth uh, and not only brings back Barry Allen, but also incorporates every element of the Flash's history, including the you know, this um, Silver Age versions and the modern versions just kind of catches everything up and kind of ties everything together in a way that's really satisfying. And unfortunately, because of uh, the rebirth situation, not all of it got delivered on uh, by, you know, bef- but it's definitely worth the read. Even if you're unfamiliar with the Flash, it kind of, it's enough to get you into it. Uh, number three is Thor, God of Thunder. Um, fuck. I meant to write down who wrote it, but uh, it's only there's only two volumes of it. It was a pretty short, relatively short series, but it follows uh, Thor as basically a teenager back in um, like the ninth century, um, when where a lot the actual real world time period where a lot of the Norse mythology comes from. Um, it kind of explains like that as guardians were coming down to earth and just doing stuff. Cause it was fun. Um, once humans were evolved enough to understand them and it, so it's young Thor, modern Thor, and then uh, future Thor who's from thousands of years in the future. Uh, the point where most of the other gods are dead. Um, the universe is collapsing and it's just Asgard and earth. And he's keeping them both alive just through sheer force of will. He's got three granddaughters. They're fine. They're whatever. They're inconsequential, but <laughs> overall, like, and it's, it's just kind of moving between those three eras and a story that's all kind of tied together. And the art is incredible. Um, the story flows really well. And it, there's also this series called, um, like the second volume is the God butcher. And there's this being called Gore who his gods, uh, he feels his gods let him down and allowed his race to die. And he survives and starts like accruing power until he's at the point where he can start to kill gods. He believes that all gods are corrupt and don't actually care about their subjects. And this is actually um, who was referenced. If you like read Marvel comics and you like missed Thor, God of uh, God of Thunder for whatever reason, um, when Thor loses his hammer, uh, it's because of the events of this series Um, during. Fuck. What was the event? I can't remember the name of the event, Um, but a, like a couple years later when Thor loses his hammer, when like Nick Fury is like trying to t- being like confronted for all like the shady shit he's been doing, he has to take out the Avengers. And one of the things he, he's like, like whispers it, like tells a different secret to everybody to like kind of 
get them off his tail. Uh, they're all like really critical stuff. Like um, what he whispers to Thor is that Gore was right and that no gods are worthy of their position. And that's what causes Thor to doubt that he's worthy of his own power. And that's why he loses Mjolnir and Jane Foster becomes Thor. And that's all really great too. also read the mighty Thor with Jane Foster as Thor. It's all real good. But um, yeah, Thor God of Thunder is like, Really good, definitive Thor. Uh, number three, even though I said I wouldn't recommend like a whole run. Number two. Number two, sorry. Yes. Even though I said I wouldn't recommend a whole run, uh, Ultimate Spider-Man by Brian Michael Bendis. All of it. Just fucking read all of it. It's good from like, it started in 2000, and it's all really good. It all definitely, right. um, it recontextualizes Spider-Man for the modern era in a way that doesn't take away from his appeal. And it runs him from being 15, launched the whole ultimate universe, even though they eventually dropped that fucking ball super hard. But Spider-Man was consistently really good all the way through it to the point where even after Peter Parker died and Miles took over, that's where Miles is from. If you didn't already know that Miles was from the ultimate universe to the point where like Miles, ultimate Spider-Man starring Miles Morales was what was kind of keeping the ultimate imprint afloat and then they just fold them into the main 616 universe so in terms of like modern history of comics ultimate spider-man is definitely worth reading uh and then number one my number one comic of all time is uh kingdom come isn't that like a, b- there's a lot of mixed reactions there are that. and i almost didn't put it as number one on the list, mm-hmm. but it's the one that I go back to the most often. And it's the one I enjoy every single time I read through it. It's set in, uh, the future of the DC universe. Uh, Superman is, I'm not going to explain the plot of kingdom come. I'm just going to defend why I think it's really good. You can look it up yourself. It's worth reading. You can get so many trades of it. It's super successful. You can find it. The pretty art easy. is amazing. It's Alex Ross's art. And Alex Ross never disappoints. No, uh, not once. But why I think why Kingdom Heart or Kingdom Hearts Kingdom Come is my personal favorite uh, comic book and like storyline is it makes an argument for superheroes that still like allows for the fantasy of it, but feels genuine. Like they. It starts off with like most of the superheroes that are still active are just like fucking around because they they don't care. They don't kind of the same issue that Gore brought up in Thor God of Wonder or God of Thunder is that like they don't give a shit. They just they're just people with powers and they're doing their thing. The old guard, the heroes that we recognize and remember didn't feel like they had a place in society anymore. Superman quit. Um, Batman turned effectively turned Gotham into a police state. Um, and like Wonder Woman's doing her thing more as like a diplomat than anything, but like everyone's just kind of doing their own thing because they feel like they've lost their place in the world. And it's not until they get kind of a, an affirmation from, uh, Spectre. Well, the Spectre. So this is also, so this is written during a point where Hal Jordan was still the Spectre. He hadn't been, uh, he hadn't been brought back yet. No, no, he Jordan hadn't died and hadn't become the Spectre yet. It was still Jim Corrigan, mm-hmm. but um, he was old at that. Like he was effectively, uh, his perspective wasn't uh, really valid anymore. Um, so it's this fucking it's this pastor that. And people have like different opinions about Mark Wade, but uh, it's this pastor who gives them like this new, pers- like this refreshing like perspective to the specter. Like, and that's why the specter like chooses him. It's like you have seen so much. Like he's he's an older guy. He's in his seventies, and it's like you've seen so much, and you remember what it was like before, and you've seen what you've like as a as a preacher, you've seen what the common man is like how they're dealing with it. Because if you don't have answers, you know, like 
there are people hurling thunderbolts and destroying buildings outside for fun. And so people are going to be confused and scared and they're going to go to wherever they're comfortable with. And for some people, it's going to be religion. And it's like, well, from what you've seen. And they also like, they tie it really well into, they parallel, is a pretty tight parallel with the book of Revelation and the story of the comic. And uh, I don't know. I think it just makes a, it makes the heroes feel like important. And even though it was written over 20 years ago now, like how we would need to feel about superheroes in a modern context, given how culture has moved and what morality has shifted to. And it's relatively short, but again, like the art is incredible. The characters are all true to form and there's some very cool moments in it. And DC is for the most part left it alone. Let it be what it was. There was like a, there was a follow-up to it um, in the mid two thousands in the pages of justice society, but it was handled pretty well. The kingdom comes Superman got, put into the main DC universe at the moment at a specific moment in the kingdom come series. There's a moment where we don't really know what's happening. Mm -hmm. And in that moment that Superman is in the main DC universe. And yeah, but kingdom come is my number one. Definitely check it out. You can get several trades of it. It's definitely worth, uh, definitely worth doing. All right. Awesome. Thank you for the list. I appreciate it. Yeah. We're going to get into the questions from subreddit, reddit.com slash r slash real nerd hours. First, check out those comics. They're worth the recommendation. Their names are going to be in the uh, show notes. And this question from Destro the Siege uh, goes to you, Charles. More of a question for Charles, but feel free to take a crack at it. Uh, what, who, how would you make a great Booster Gold movie? Um, watch the episode of Smallville that Booster Gold was in. <laughs> Um, cause that fuck a good booster gold movie is just like a, a fucking nobody. Like everyone knows, uh, a dude who went to their high school and is just riding on whatever sport they played. That's booster gold. That's Michael. Scott. That's who he, that's who, that's who that dude is. Just take a shitty dude. Who's like kind of out of shape and he steals some shit and goes back in time and is just, Especially now, fuck, dude. Especially now with social media and like YouTube personalities and shit, that would be right up Booster Gold's alley. It'd be super easy to adapt that kind of character right now. Just have this like kind of like shitty schlubby dude who like never did anything after high school and put him in the modern era and he's just trying. I would pair him up, fucking, fuck it, throw Ted Cord in there. Have like this not Batman. <laughs> Be the straight man to Booster Gold's, like, just super full of himself. Uh, everything everything about him is fake. He's got fucking ads all over his costume. Just fucking, just go for it. I think the, uh, like I said, the episode of Smallville that he's, that has Booster Gold on it, I think it was in season nine or season ten, is fucking great. It's, just, it's a super faithful live action portrayal of Booster Gold, and I think you could just take that with the 10 years that it's been since and it's kind of add some shit to it and it would fucking it'd be great it it would fit the character our culture would fit booster gold's character so well in a movie awesome unless you went too far in the satirical direction and like fucking ruined it i think <laughs> handled well like handled with like look we get it we don't have to fucking beat us over the head with this dude's self-obsessed we'll get it through everything like just don't take it over the top and i think you just take a dude, send him back in time. He's just a superhero for likes. That's dope. All right. Well, I don't know that much about Booster Gold, so I'm not qualified to answer that question. Uh, thank you for the question, Destro the Siege. That was our only question from the subreddit, reddit.com slash r slash real nerd hours. Also, uh, I'm still figuring out how to do the new outro, being that uh, I put all our social media stuff on realnerdhours.com. Yeah, baby. Go to the website uh, and check out things there. It's a website with stuff on it. <laughs> uh, there's a link to all of our social media and ways to support the show. The number one way to support the show is by... Uh, 
supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com slash real nerd hours. And uh, thanks everybody for listening. And uh, we'll see you in some form next week. Bye.